listening to Carmen and Yurko. Live from the Old National Bank State Street Studio. On WMVP, WSAT HD2, Chicago. This, this is ESPN 1000, a good karma brand's radio station. Well, I want to play some Matt Eberflus sound for everybody here uh, coming up in a little bit. He met the media today. We talked to Courtney like 30 minutes ago. Got a good update on where the Bears are going into the Week 11 matchup against the Falcons. They're a three-point underdog. 50 is the total. Again, two defenses that aren't particularly good. I think two offenses that can find some success. Todd Furman will be on the show tomorrow uh, trying to break down that specific angle over or under. The Bears, suddenly a very sexy, hot, over team. The Bears are also oddly watchable for a 3-7 and seven team. I mean, and that's because of Justin, let's face it. The Saints are 3-7. and seven. Do we really want to watch the Saints at this point? No. No, you don't, eh, want, you don't want to watch that. I, I'm with you. Like, when the Saints highlights are popping on, it's like, okay. You want nothing I, to do with it. Uh, are the Carolina Panthers watchable at 3-7? and seven? No. No. Especially without Christian McCaffrey. Without, yeah. I mean, Baker's going to be back in the lineup. I guess P.J. got a little dinged up. But P.J. Walker's no good. He was terrible last week. They found a way to win, but he was awful. They played a bad team. Uh, I mean, at 3-7, and seven, there's, no, there's nothing to watch, right? The Houston Texans, 1-7-1. and one. Anything fun to watch? I mean, Damian Pierce, is a, Damian Pierce is a nice story. Good yeah, rookie. running back. Other than that, is there anything sexy to watch or no. exciting to watch about the Houston Texans? What about the 2-7 and seven Raiders, Yerk? You might want to put them on just to see the dumpster fire they are, but uh, I think they're in a similar situation the Packers were in last week, where they're very disappointed. Drew Carr uh, came out. Is it Drew or David? Uh, it is uh, Derek. Derek. Either. Drew. <laughs> Close. Drew. That's what David. David. I love like that. I, I absolutely Derek adore Carr. you. Is it Drew? Derek Carr has come out. He's very emotional in this post game press conference. He was. He was. <laughs> and I think they're at a crossroads. Oh, they're at a crossroads, and I think you're going to get a Packer like effort. Okay, they had last week against Cowboys, but I, I, I understand. Are they worth watching? No, yeah. but I think this week they might be worth playing. You know who's okay? That's a good point. Yeah. You know who's oddly watchable at three and seven, like the Bears? Frisco. No, no, oh, Frisco's better than three and seven. Jacksonville. Yes, I can watch Jacksonville's offense because they've got the best quarterback out of that draft there. That's why Jacksonville at three and seven. Are you ready, everybody? Has outscored its opponents this year has outgained its opponents this year. The problem is they suffer from what Yurko talks about. They don't know how to win yet. Okay. That's their problem. You but want to they're like that from yeah. last week's game? Sure. Yeah, what was the turnover margin, uh, Jacksonville against Kansas City? Uh, Jayville won the turnover battle by like two or three, three. I think, right? They yeah, were plus, plus three. three. And they lost by ten. Do you know how many times that's happened in the last, like, 25 years? How many? Once. Was it Sunday? It was, tr- yeah. Oh, one other time you No, mean? no, no, no. The Sunday. Oh, this Sunday? Like the last 20 years. Then it happened that time, too. Wow. It's been 22 years since the team was plus three in turnover margin and lost the game. And not only lost, but failed to cover yeah. a nine and a half point spread. Yeah, by a half point. How the hell does that happen? Yeah. So that's the point about Jacksonville right. is that they just don't know how to win yet. But at times they're oddly like I could watch Trevor Lawrence in that offense play Travis a little bit. Etienne. Yeah. So yeah. at three and seven, the Jags and the Bears—they're two of the weirdest three and seven teams I think I've ever seen. Where the Bears are three and seven, they're last in the NFC, and I think most people are like, "Hey, I want to see the Bears. I want to watch what Justin Fields is going to do the on three offense." Three and seven is as perplexing as the New York Giants record. Oh, God. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's a good record. Seven and two. But you would think it would be Apple. 
You know what I'm saying? With yeah. the way the teams are playing? Yep. You think it'd be Oppo. Did you hear the other amazing stat from... You're right about that. You hear the other amazing stat from Sunday? I don't think we talked about it yet. What was the other amazing just, stat from did Sunday? Did you know what the Dallas Cowboys franchise record was when they entered the fourth quarter with a two-touchdown lead? Uh, 44 nothing. 195-0. and zero Oh, boy. Up until Sunday. Wow. How about that? Here. That's why McCarthy was lit. That's why McCarthy was slamming the headphones down. Now they are 195 and 1 in those games. So, look, there was a bunch of weird things. Yurko just gave you the Jayville game, right? How crazy is that that a team can be a plus three, not only lose, but lose by 10? How can the Cowboys, and maybe you say it's time, it's just it's going to happen, but 195 and 0. How about the Detroit Lions winning on the road in Chicago, winning a road game down two touchdowns in the fourth quarter for the first time in 30 years? Weird stuff happens in sports. It does. And sometimes there's no explaining it. And there's three examples, Yurko. Silliness. Absolute silliness. Absolute silliness. Uh, Thursday night is going to be fantastic. Green Bay and Tennessee. You think so? I do. Boy, Tennessee's another unwatchable team. I give that coach a ton of credit, but they're not fun to watch. But both must win games. Must win. Each team has to win. You realize the Titans are the three seed in the AFC right now? Yeah. Can somebody please explain that? They're the three seed because they're winning their division. Unbelievable. They're 6-3. and three. And it's got to be the... Uh, they are the AFC South, right? Yeah, they're 3-0 and oh in the division. So what does the... They'll uh, win that division. Who's the fourth seed then? Baltimore. Baltimore, six what's and their three. record? Okay, they're 6-3 too. You know why? Because, again, it's going to conference record here, probably... Uh, Tennessee's got a better conference record. Um, Baltimore six and three. The Jets are six and three. You know the Jets are four and a four and zero on the road. I did not know Jets that. Jets are four and zero on the road this year. That's the tougher of the two to do. The Bills are the six seed, dude. Go figure. Dangerous six seed right there. Oh, can you imagine? And then the New England Patriots. So you pointed out because of the tiebreaker over the Chargers right now. Even though they have the same five and four record as the Chargers and the Bengals, they've got the tiebreaker, so they're seven. You go Buffalo against Tennessee. Who are you going to take? Buffalo at Tennessee. Buffalo. Yeah, of course you are. That's why but you might get man. higher seeds beating the other one. I still my my crazy prediction is now. I think New England ends up making the playoffs. You get four teams. Wow. From the AFC East makes the playoffs this year. That's crazy. Will four from the NFC East? Or do you think the Commanders will ultimately be on the outside looking? I think in? the Commanders will be on the outside looking. Maybe they, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, the Giants are 7-2. and two. Uh, I'm starting to think the Giants might make the playoffs, Yerk. They're 7-2. and two. Well, it's at some point it's going to become almost impossible not to. I know. Especially if they got a, different, de- a decent conference record. Uh, I can get you that conference record real quick. You'll crunch them. I like to do all the analysis. When all the buys are over Mm. and everybody is on the same footing, now let's break it down and see where we're at. We're not in the hunt. You know know that this year. Okay, so remember I said that how the the, the Jags, Yurko was saying, boy, one team could be the other. The uh, flip-flop the records. The Jags, I told you, have outgained and outscored their opponents this year. The Giants have been outgained on the year. By like 200 yards in their 7-2. and two. They've been outgained. They, they are on the positive side of the ledger in terms of points per drive. So at least that's good. Right. They're at about two points per drive. They're giving up 1.8. But uh, they're a plus 14 in differential. They're 7-2. and two. The Jags are a plus 11. They're 3-7. and seven. Goofy things happen. Some teams know how to win and close out games better than others. 
I think Dayball and Kafka and that coaching staff has obviously done a masterful job. I mean, I, I think that's that's a lot of coaching that is uh, that is hit that is fired in New York, and they're going to be throwing him a parade soon. My God, they've got to be happy with what they've got going on there. UPS Joe in Elmwood Park. Joey, what up, buddy? What's up, Carm? What's up, Johnny Hansel? Uh, what happened? And what's up? All good, Carm. I got to agree with you. It is exciting to watch. I'm still going to go to the three-game slate in December. So let's ride the year out and then uh, look forward to next year. You going all number two? You going all three? Go you going all three in December? I mean, they're the opponents oh, yeah. are going, good. I'm going to the three. Yeah, yeah, the opponents yeah. are good. So good for you. you. Got the Green Bay game, we'll, the Philly game, and the Buffalo game in December. We'll be out. We'll be out in the the, the RV lot with our Italian delicacies for there sure. There you go, my man. What Beautiful. was your other point, Joe? Uh, go ahead. Fifth, fifth place, boys. Cal Maritime is your NCAA champion. Rhode Island, fifth place. Fifth place. Fifth All right. Place. How many? How many schools were in the competition? Uh, the top 16, 16. Okay. All right. So fifth out of sixteen is not bad. It's not too bad. Not too bad, Joey. Congrats. Tell your son congrats. Joey's son is on the uh, Rhode Island uh, sailing team. I always wanted like originally think rowing, but it's not rowing. They're on the sailing team. Yes. So very good. Michael on the south side on ESPN 1000. What up, Mike? Yeah, you know, I know the difference between white bears are winning. They're losing pretty and, and other teams are winning ugly. <laughs> right. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. The Giants win ugly. The other way around, though. Yeah. I'd rather win ugly. <laughs> I would, too, I right. guess. So my thing is this. Justin Fields stood up there on that podium and without a courage and without but nothing but courage and took the heat for that interception. I was very impressed, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And he answered all these reporters' questions, right? Yep. Now, he's saying to me, how come Jalen Johnson, he left the building? I don't know, Mike. I mean, he did. He left without talking to reporters. I'm not sure. I think he's hurt. Maybe he didn't want to make excuses, and he said, it's better if I just don't say anything. You know, that that could be. Um, but, but he got this radio show where he, he's, he feels more comfortable because he won't get them softball questions. Oh, I don't know. I didn't know that. Does Jalen Johnson do a radio show? He does a weekly down the dial. Okay, I didn't know that. He may do one. Um, I yeah, I I don't I don't know. Uh, he's he's contractually obligated to do that. I would say, Michael, and that's probably why he's not necessarily obligated. Um, are the quarterbacks obligated by the league? York are they mandated if they're not hurt to talk after games? Does the quarterback have to? The coach does. Does the quarterback? Do you know? I don't think they're mandated, okay. but I think everybody knows it's kind of part of the okay. part, part of the process. When you're the quarterback. You're working hand-in-hand hand with the press because you're working with the media and you're working okay. with television because television and football, they came together and it helped propel the both of them. All right. Yeah, Mike, I can't really answer it that well. Again, I think maybe he left because he knew he was hurt and he just didn't want to sound like he was making excuses. or I, I, I don't And I don't need to make an excuse for him. Maybe... He just I don't know what it is, uh, and I'm assuming if he's doing a radio show, he's contractually obligated, so he has to do that. I'm, I, I'm happy that Justin uh, got up there and, and wore it the way he did. I mean, again, the quarterbacks are always going to meet the media. They're put in a tough spot. I'm seeing online, it, it's a part of the policy. Quarterbacks have to meet So they the do. Media. Okay, yeah. Chris, that's what I figured. Coaches the head coach, quarterback, and at least one additional player who had okay. an impactful role on the game. They're mandated. Thank you, Chris, yep. for finding that. And, and, and uh, you understand why the quarterback's got to get up there and talk, and it's a tough spot to be in. Yeah, they should have won that game. Justin Fields isn't used to losing, and he's lost a lot now in a year and a half in the NFL. For all these guys that come into bad teams or rebuilding teams, they're not used to it. They don't lose much. I promise you Justin Fields didn't lose much in high school. We know he didn't lose much in college. 
I, he, I, I want you to check something out over here. Check the schedule out here for the San Francisco 49ers. Get those ear things out. This is the game against the Cardinals, right? That's the Mexico game. Right. That's home. No, that's away then, but home, 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 right? Yeah. So after this Mexico game, they got three straight home games. That That's an advantage for the San Francisco 49ers. Sure. Yeah. You, you know, the Bears have three straight. Mexico. Joe was oh, just, I know. Four of the last five. Yeah, Joe was just talking about that. The, the, the bye is in between, but the Bears have... Green Bay in Week 13, their bye, and then Philly in Week 15, Buffalo in Week 16, all at home. Three straight and home And then games. road game, and then a home game. And then road game at home at yeah. Detroit, and then uh, at home against Minnesota. Four of the, the last five are at home with yeah. a bye. How about that? Which is why when we looked at this damn you thing at the beginning over. of the year, we're <laughs> looking at it going, all they got to do is be close. Do it early. You know, do it early, but you got to be close because four of your last five were at the homestead. Yeah, good call. Eric, I stand by our assessment. Yeah, we I may do be too. wrong, but I think we made the yes, right assessment. Right. Sometimes the handicap is right and you still lose, guys. Right. Yeah. That happens. You we know, lost, we lost pretty. That's what we did. We sometimes, lost pretty. sometimes the handicap is wrong and you get your brains beat in, like I did with the Bills. I'm sorry, with the Browns plus uh, three and a half yeah, against Miami. Uh, I'm the, with you on that one. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, we were a little off on that one. I was although, in Miami, you guys both laughed at me. Although I will yeah. say that second drive. Cleveland scored a touchdown. The They're moving the football, and Nick Chubb fumbled. Go figure. And then they turned it over on downs. And it was like, son of a... Turnovers kill you, unless you're Kansas City. Uh, and then you, you seem to be impervious to we'll it. play a little uh, Matt e- uh, Matt Eberflew sound coming up. I'll tell you what the coach had to say about where the Bears are. On a back-to-work Wednesday, getting ready for Week 11. We'll play that coming up next. It's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. See what Carmen and Yurko are talking about on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago today. This is Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. It was snowing again a little bit. It was like a wintry mix, and now it stopped. But uh, brace yourselves, everybody, because... Winter's coming a little bit early. I mean, it's going to be in the 20s this weekend. Oof. Yes, it is. But you then maybe, for it? maybe a slight warm-up uh, next week around Thanksgiving, at least back in the 40s. Remember to come hang with uh, Yurk and me next Wednesday, a week from today. We'll be out. Hell, Wednesday, man. We're going to be out. We're going to treat it like it's Wednesday, but we're going to treat it like football Friday. It'll be our last day of the week. And for the, the long holiday weekend, and we'll talk Bears. The World Cup will be underway. The U.S. will already have a game in the can. Oh, yeah. But uh, we will be enjoying Hell Wednesday uh, during our normal show, noon to 2.30, at the Twin Peaks in Oakbrook Terrace next Wednesday. Come by and see us for a football Friday, the day before Thanksgiving. What day is December 2nd? It's a sa- it's a Friday. I'm looking at that. I feel I like can, I'm already ill. I can. I, oh wow, you're going to be gone. I can. Pro- I can also promote one other thing if you want, real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Because uh, you brought up December second, and two weeks from tomorrow is December first. Yeah, ready. We're going to be at Binnie's doing the uh, the few barrel pick release. We uh, all oh, the shows right. pick yeah. the barrels with few up in Evanston, few whiskey, and the barrel release party is going to happen in the tasting room. On that Thursday night. Wonderful. Yeah, that'll be a fun night. You might be smart to take off Friday, my friend. Uh, odds are that your whiskey and my whiskey is going to sell out that night. I hope. That yeah. night there could be a selling of, of the best bottle probably in the Chris history of Chris and I are buy, buying all of our own bottles. So. No, yeah, you'll have family and friends <laughs> as well. Yeah. Make so, no mistake. Uh, hand it out for the holidays. Exactly. I can't wait. Uh, the barrel release party, the, the barrels release party. Uh, we're going to have all those bottles we're for sale. Roll, and you can, come, out. you can come by and try them. And just we'll do the blind tasting again. And you can vote. And you can try them. There's going to be some food there. 
Uh, all the shows are going to be there. So that'll be a big, fun station event. Uh, Benny's Lincoln Park, two weeks from tomorrow with our friends at Few Whiskey. All right, let's listen to Matt Eberflus. Uh, do you expect Khalil Herbert back this season? Khalil Herbert averaging six yards a carry, been a big part of their rushing offense and their rushing attack. I personally think he needs to get the ball a little bit more and should be more involved. Now he's not going to be as he's on IR. Here was Eberflus earlier today. Yeah, we do. We feel we feel comfortable with it. Again, we don't know exactly. Again, that could change, but uh, we, we like where he is. Um, and he's in a good spot. Um, you know, we'll see where it goes. I don't have any timetables, though. I love it when coaches say he's in a good spot. You know, he had surgery, but he's in a good spot. Good spot. <laughs> um, yeah, he's got a broken leg, but uh, he's in a good spot. No, that's not Cole uh, Herbert, obviously. Uh, here is Matt Eberflus. Is fixing the defense a bigger challenge than you originally thought? Well, I, I would just say that, uh, you know, like Sandmore and Brisker and Gordon and Dominic and those guys getting the work that they're getting uh, is invaluable. Those guys are getting experiences uh, that they that you can't replicate. And they need to get, you know, in order to improve, uh, you need to get the reps. You need to get the reps in there. And uh, every year is different. You know, you're dealing with a different skill set, a different, uh, you know, bunch of guys that you're working with on defense or offense or kicking. And it's our job to make sure we put the best product out there. Especially when you're in close games. Not a lot of coach, not many. It doesn't seem like a lot of many coaches would take their lumps like that, you know, and be willing to take those steps backwards to take two steps forward. What What is it about, what, what do you see that uh, in your uh, your philosophy or whatever that kind of allows you to handle that and, and live yeah. with some of the problems you have, you know, through? Yeah, I would just say that, uh, you know, you're building foundational floor. You know, the, the, the hits principle, we want to build upon that. Obviously, we got to take the ball away, you know, more. We have to do a good job. We had a couple opportunities last week. We didn't get that done, so we're going to work diligently to get those things done. But, uh, again, the, the experience that those guys are getting is invaluable. All right, so uh, a lot of young guys on this defense that keep positions at every level that are playing a lot, that are getting experience. You hope that pays off. Why is Valus Jones not active? Again, back-to-back games now for Valus Jones. Here's Matt Eberflus. Um, yeah, so you know, every single week we look at the, the roster, and we say, okay, these guys – this group's going to be up for us, and, and we have always. It's always a couple players that you're saying, "Hey, is it this guy or that guy?" Relative to what's going to happen, and you say, "Okay." A lot of times, the determining factor of the of the those last decisions you make are special teams. You know, so when you look at that, you know, is is he going to help us in cover teams? Is he going to help us returning? Is he going to help us in other ways on special teams? And then, you know, if he is the uh, the fifth or, or the other receiver that we have, you know, um, is he going to be able to help us? You know. With certain things like for Valus, gadget plays, you know, uh, sweep end rounds, all those things, and then blocking on the perimeter. So we always look at that, and we'll, again, we'll make our decision as we go this week, and we'll see what happens. Gadget plays, sweeps, end arounds, the third round draft pick, wide receiver. Ay, ay, ay. Ay, ay, ay. Ay, ay, ay. That's, uh, that's a coach that doesn't want to say, um, we as a coaching staff don't think he can play. Oh, my God. So we'll see what we can do oh, with them. Oh, Lordy, Lord. Oh, boy. All right. Well, they all miss, Yurko. Uh, all GMs miss. Let's they hope do. They, they, you just hope. Some worse than others. Yes. They, you hope that you don't make a, make a habit of it or make it a recurring theme. But good Lord. That's not what you want to hear from the head coach about the third-round draft pick. Gadget oh, place. Oh, my God. Oh. I don't know what else to say. I mean, I, is you know, is there hope? I don't. Know. I mean, he's not young, so we can't say he's. But he, now he is inexperienced in terms of his NFL life. 
You know, he's only played a couple of games. But well, no matter I how old this. you are, I mean, no matter how old you are, you're st- it's still an adjustment coming okay, to the NFL. That's fair. I agree with that. I mean, you can be 25 playing at the college level, and that's a little bit of a bonus for you at the uh, college level. But coming to the pros, you've got to reestablish so yourself is, there. Is there, could he, is there some hope, maybe, like that he could figure it out? Or is well, this just like... I mean, if there's going to be hope, you're going to see it in the next seven games. If they even get him on the field. If they don't get him on the field, it's going to be a long offseason. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that is, that's not good to hear the coach talking about that. I mean, if you don't believe it, do you even take him to camp? If you don't believe he's a player, why would you even bring him to camp? Like, if he goes the rest of the year, you mean, without even playing, find and you pretty much that, know? Yes, find somebody that fell in love with him and move him before the draft for a seventh round or anything. Oh. That's where you're at. Uh, finally, here's Eberflus. How special is what Fields doing these last couple of games? Yeah, I, I would say it's 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 pretty amazing. You know, the, the numbers and the, the ability to run, um, you know, and then see his growth in the passing game, you know, to see all those things, and really to see the guys around him starting to gel. Um, you know, with Moody and Cole and those guys really starting to gel around him, um, it really helps our running game. You know, it helps the helps the runners. Um, certainly opened up a lot of windows uh, in there in the run game as well, but uh, certainly exciting. He has been absolutely electric, and he's got a chance to do it again this weekend against the rush defense that has been very, very bad, about as bad as the Bears, maybe even worse in a few, in a few uh, key categories, Jerk. And they're playing on, what's the surface down there? Uh, the, sur- the, the grass, I want to, you know what, I'll save it At for the a Azteca? No, 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 the Azteca in, in Atlanta. Knucklehead. It's, uh, it's, it's turf. turf. What do they do? Is it turf, it's turf Because uh, it's they're, turf. they're one of those MLS soccer teams that plays on turf, which yeah. is weird to play is soccer right? on turf. So some of the yeah. domes have natural grass. Like the great, uh, what you hear about what they do in Phoenix is incredible. They roll right. that thing in and out. and right. yeah. Amazing. That's grass. Doesn't that, LA, I mean, uh, Las Vegas have grass? I, I believe they do, Chris. And I could go Same and, concept? Same concept. I think they roll it out. They roll it back in. Awesome. Uh, this is, uh, and I only bring it up because it's been a little bit of a topic of discussion this week. You know, players have recently sounded off about it. Aaron Rodgers did. Um, I can play that. I guess we've got some time. I can play it real quick here. Listen, this is what Rogers said earlier in the week about how the NFL should move to all grass. As much as I've enjoyed playing indoors over the years on turf, uh, I do think it's time to go all grass throughout the league. And I think you would see less of these non-contact injuries that we see on some of the surfaces. And I think that uh, it'd be a good uh, step in the right direction towards player safety to uh, make the requirement for every field to be grass. All right, now for what it's worth... This is from Kevin Seifert at ESPN.com. The NFL's recent rate of non-contact injuries to knees, ankle, and foot is roughly the same on natural and artificial playing surfaces, according to internal data reviewed Tuesday by ESPN. The numbers contradict anecdotal observations this season from a wide swath of players, agents, and coaches who have called for the league to convert all surfaces to grass in response to a series of high-profile injuries on artificial turf. The NFL and the NFLPA used a third-party company to compile and analyze data on every injury suffered during the season. Their joint surface committee uses the data to compare injuries in each of the 30 stadiums the league plays in. Remember, L.A. serves two teams uh, New York serves right. two, services two teams. Yeah. Paying particular attention to injuries that occur without contact and could potentially be attributed to the surface itself. And then he had some other data in here. Hold on, let me get it for you, York. I think it was on the second page. Okay. As recently as 2019, 
the rate of such injuries was notably higher on artificial turf fields than grass, but the difference began narrowing in 2020, and by 2021, the numbers were almost the same. Artificial surfaces had an incident rate of 0.42 per 100 in 2021, while the rate for natural surfaces was 0.41 per 100, so that is... Uh, what a thousand! That's a thousands. That's uh, a difference. Call, that's yeah, all it is. That's negligible. Yeah, it would be very negligible. That's yeah. one thousandth, tenth, uh, and a hundredth of a difference. Tenth right? and a hundredth. It's yeah. a hundredth. Point uh, four one is a hundredth. Is a, uh, the first one is a tenth, tenth, and then a hundredth. Hundredth and then thousandths after that, right? Point you said uh, point four one. Point zero. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Point zero four two. I got you. Point zero four one. Excuse me if I misspoke. Now you got a thousand. I apologize. So the in the thousands. That's a really negligible. Yeah. One one thousand. Thank you, Yurko. One one thousand. Yes. I'm sorry if I forgot to say the zero. It's point zero four two and point zero four one. So you really got a like a fine line there. I don't know. Did you ever have a preference one way or another? Oh, I love grass. You like, but I played on the crap though. You got to remember, I played on Riverfront Stadium. I played at you know, Cincinnati. You mean Reds, like when the old, the, the old, the old crap, turf that was, was garbage? Did you guys hate that back in Soldier Field? I played at Veterans Stadium where Wendell Davis lost both of his Patel attendants. Seams in the thing where the base pads, I mean, you know, bases were. Oh, it was it's terrible, mm. terrible. Did you notice how much Pittsburgh's Three Rivers Stadium terrible. when it was junk? Yeah, of course it was concrete. Eesh. It's like carpet on asphalt. What, what's good about that? Nothing. Nothing is good about that. I want to look real quick to the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I just want to see it because I think it's artificial. But anyway, the, now, but did, is it faster? Would you say it's legitimately oh, yeah. like you I mean, can running in the plush grass and running on concrete? Yeah. What do you think is faster? Well, that's for sure. Yeah. It's not concrete anymore, thank God. How about running on cinder as opposed to running on a tartan surface? Tartan surface What's a being tartan surface? the tartan surface is the fake track, the rubber track that they had created. Oh, over the yeah, yeah, time. yeah. TF North, the Mighty Meteors are fractional. We still had at that time. A cinder surface to run track events on. Which is better? Well, of the, course, the tartan, the tartan surface. Yeah, the rubber surface. Absolutely. Less shock? Who's running on cinders anymore? Oh, I, can't, I don't know. I mean, for the love of God, Carmen, what are we watching? Chariots of Fire? I think I run too much on this. Is this concrete. the Berlin Olympics? No. I mean, no. Carmen, have you ever ran on one of those soccer fields that's uh, the fake turf? Um, I mean, it's uh, like a little bouncy underneath the it. high school, like LT. Yeah. I live by LT. It's a it's a field turf. Yeah, right? it's an artificial turf. I've uh, been out, out on there. Yeah, all the it fields kind of bouncy. All the yeah. fields at Lake Central are turf now. The softball field, the uh, baseball field, they're all turf. I know that I'm going to pay for it someday because I run. I, I don't like running on a treadmill. Sometimes I'll go to the track. At the high school, because they'll yeah. let it's open, you can run on the track. But I run way too much on the you, concrete. But you don't like running. Get circles. on the grass. Run the grass. Well, where am I going to run on the grass? I mean, or when there's I, he's are there any like wood chip paths or anything? Get on that. You're in the suburbs. I run way. You can do it. I run way too much you're on, on concrete. The concrete guys. jungle down here, like we it's are. Terrible. Don't, you, don't you have bike paths out in your neck of the neighborhood? Uh, I don't run through the woods much you though. Like I run, I, I run through. You, you should know, try. It. Or I run down See here. I still. I come to work a lot. Mud run, man. You should do one of them mud runs. Brutal. That's brutal. Running through the forest, through the that's water, hard. that's through hard the work. Sticks, got to climb underneath it, climb over it. I mean, let's get it done, Carmen. My knees someday. I'm going to be in trouble, aren't I? They're going to be like, that's what you get well, for. I mean, you'll find out the first time run. you have that first oh. sign of arthritis. Yeah, you'll know. I don't even want to think about it. So right, we got to break. We're not late. sleeping at night when you feel that that the, the your uh, heartbeat in your knee. Hey. Yeah, that's the not sleeping. Oh, we're late. We got to take a break. We'll come right back. Three one two three three two ESPN. Ring us up. We'll be uh, back in a minute. 
Zoning out on that Zoom meeting? Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Oh, the boss. It is uh, field turf down at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So nice, fast surface for Justin Fields and the Bears' rush offense. Same goes for Marcus Mariota and the Atlanta Falcons' rushing offense, which has also been very good. Cordell Patterson having another fine year. I believe he's a two-time winner of the angry, uh, angry Run Scepter this year. He's won it twice. In 10 weeks, what a story. Yes, I believe Cordero Patterson has won it twice. What a story uh, Cordero Patterson uh, continues to be in. What a weapon he has been for Arthur Smith and for the Falcons. He was even hurt for a few weeks. They had IR him for yeah, a little while. Yes, but he's they back. Did. They played in a sloppy game, and they played in the game in which I think the Panthers really tried to focus on making Mariota beat him with his arm, and he simply couldn't. He was pretty awful last Thursday night. But conditions will be better. The total, And that's why you're looking at a total of 50 right now. I think the handicappers at this point, I think Vegas has gotten wise. and was like, all right, Fields is kind of a cheat code right now. This Bears offense can really rush it. Not going to change too much just with Khalil Herbert being out, obviously. The quarterbacks are really the only people that are going to move the line. I think the best thing Neither is defense they're, they're is good. touchdowns. Well, yeah. they're, they're, and they're, you're right. They've yeah, been more efficient in the red zone. Sevens. Both defenses are bad. Bears and giving that's why up sevens, scoring sevens. That's a lot easier to multiply. Yeah, that's why this is a big total. And we're, you know, like five, six weeks removed from seeing Bears totals posted at around 42. And now we're, you know, it was 48 and a half last week. And that was over. And the week before that, it was like 45 and a half. And that wasn't over. And now it's all the way up to 50 as Vegas has started to adjust. Something good to talk uh, about tomorrow when Todd Furman joins the show. He joins us every Thursday. Oh, thank you. You better get a a World Cup preview from Furman tomorrow, too. You know we're going to get a World Cup preview. Get the, like, you know, get... I'm going to send him a warning, make sure he's got, uh, you know, he's dotting the I's and crossing the T's. He's a a natural. I understand. I want a real breakdown on Uruguay. That's what I'm looking for. Does Uruguay have a shot? What do you mean? Two-time winner, right? Well, they won in the 30s. 30 and 50. 1930 and 1950. A long time ago, Yerk. Still got talent there. Fede Valverde. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Plays for uh, Real Madrid, Carm. Very talented. (laughs) Who was the other one? They had another. um, Who was the biter? Suarez. Luis Suarez, right? He was always biting people. They got Edison Cavani, too. Edison Cavani. They do have some good players. You're right about that. Suarez is not still playing, though, is he? Sure. I think he's on the team. Wow. Yeah. The biter, remember? Oh, Always yeah. Going up to guys biting their shoulders. Out of, was it John Terry or uh, whose shoulder was it? Bronislav Ivanovic? I don't know. Took his I, shoulder I, out of? I feel like he did, he did it, it against Chelsea, is what he did it against. Why? I remember that specifically. He did it a few times. I think he yeah. did it on the international stage at one point. Like, what is yeah. going on? That's He's worse than Grayson Allen. Yeah, just likes to bite people. You can't be running around biting guys. Yeah. Bulls play tonight, York. They play the Pels. I saw at the end of the Pelicans game last night, they were playing on TNT. They ended up beating Ja and the Grizz. And Ja had like 36, had a big game, but the Pels sure. held him off. And Zion didn't even play. Zion's got an ankle injury right now. I don't know if he's playing tonight. Do you got to play for tonight? He's not no. playing tonight. He's not playing tonight, Adam? Thanks. Yeah, he's out. The no, Pelicans should we be on the no Bulls, Zion. Eh. I mean, second of a back-to-back for the Pelicans. Should we, we should be on the Bulls tonight, guys? Um, I guess. Nobody can muster up an effort on that, yeah. you know? If you're not hearing, yeah, I'm going to take the Bulls, then it's yeah. like, yeah, you know, don't trust them. You know how we were just talking about how the Bears are oddly watchable for a 3-7 and seven team and, like, the Jags are oddly watchable for a 3-7 and seven team? This team is not above, uh, this team is not below 500. They're actually above now. But you know who's very watchable? And I watched them last night, just in basketball terms, the Kings. 
The L.A. Kings, man. They're like... I watched... The L.A. Kings or Sacramento Kings? Oh, the Sacramento Kings, excuse me. Um, the Sacramento Kings, uh, excuse me, are, are oddly watchable. Are they? And I picked them to be one of the playing teams out west. And in the first four games, I didn't feel great about it. But I've seen them play now twice in like the last 10 days. And they're actually really fun. I'm glad I picked them. I'm like, I think they are going to figure it out. They got a ton of talent on that team. Go figure. It's a bonus. His kid keeps getting better. You know, like, he, I, I, crazy to say, I mean... I wish the Bulls had some of what the Sacramento Kings have going on right now, Yurko. I didn't think we'd be saying that. No, I wouldn't think you'd be saying it either. But I'm saying it. Wish we could be the Kings. Yeah. Didn't think so. I did not think we'd ever be saying that. Here we are. Oh, my God. They're bringing Ben Simmons off the bench in Brooklyn. They destroyed Brooklyn last night. They're bringing Ben Simmons off the bench. uh, Wait a minute. They fired their coach, right? They should be a lot better, aren't they? Jacques Vaughn took over. Uh, That didn't happen? No. I mean, they're still playing without Kyrie. Should boys? I thought that was a five-game suspension. It's a lot of five games there. Uh, was it ultimately five, or did they just say indefinite? What was the ruling on that, guys? I, uh, I think I think the way they said it was uh, no shorter than five. Got it. Okay. Uh, so it it was five, as in he automatically was going to be suspended for five, but they didn't say how many games he'd be out. They for. didn't really specify. Yeah, they got a little pop in the immediate aftermath, maybe of it. York, they've lost their last two, and they're three, and they're two and three. I'm sorry, in their last five games, but they're playing without Kyrie, and they're a little bit shorthanded. Plus, they were wrapping up. Uh, they're out west. They're wrapping up a long road trip. I think they have one more game on the road trip. They were talking last night that they uh, they've been playing much better defense since <laughs> Jock Vaughn took over. But Not then, last night. then as they were talking about it, they're like, "Well, uh, but the Kings are up. Uh, they're already at eighty, and it's I mean, uh, at the start of the third quarter. <laughs> they scored 153 points, and you know that ain't playing good defense. Some but nights it ain't your night. Ah, and the other team scores a buck fifty three on you, York, in a in a forty eight minute basketball game. And the way something is wrong there. Oh, man. All right, Crosstalk coming up in about 15 minutes. Remember, tonight I've got another Whiskey U. I'm going to be out in downtown Plainfield at Sovereign. We're going to be there from 6.30 to 8.30 tonight drinking Calumet Farm, the 10-year, the 16-year. You don't want to miss it. You don't need tickets. These are free events. Come by and see us 6.30 to 8.30 in Sovereign tonight in downtown Plainfield. We're going to have a good time drinking some Calumet Farm and eating some great food. We'll be right back. This is Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000. See what we're up to. See them on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. How excited would you be if uh, the Cubs signed Carlos Correa, Yurko? Oh, come on, you got to admit, that would get you going a little bit, I mean, it? Yeah, a nice How do you do for Minnesota this year? You had a very good year. Did they go to the playoffs? They missed the playoffs. They're a bad they team. Missed, they missed the playoffs. Oh, wait. Right. Now we're going to blame more. Mike Trout misses the playoffs. I mean, no, that's not Mike Trout's fault. I didn't say it was Mike Trout's fault. I'm talking about Carlos Correa and the impact he was supposed to have on the Minnesota Twins. Again, but you get one player. Here, are you on his numbers? Yeah, let me hear. 291, 366, 467, and OPS plus a 140. 140? That's a good player. Yeah, he's a good he's a, and he's a star defensively. What do you sign to? A one-year contract? $25 million? No, you'd be... You're going to give him a chance to option out, aren't you? Isn't that what all these young uh, guys they seem, want? They seem to love it. Until they find somebody, you know, until they find a team that's going to fall in love but with them. But he might find that in the Cubs, though. You know, you're in a big market. Cubs are already at $101 million, right? It's not uh, a lot of money. You got that number off the top of your head? I'm impressed. Is that right? Because I looked at it Look for at a you. reason. Look at you. The same, the White Sox, the same way the White Sox find themselves at $160 million Doing in contracts. Doing your homework. Already dedicated. Look at okay? you. 
Would Carlos Correa be a plus for the Chicago Cubs? Absolutely. 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 A star defensive player. No gray area whatsoever. You play him at short? Yes. You move Horner, right? Over to second? Yeah. What are you doing with the second baseman you got now? What are you doing with Madrigal? Oof. I mean, I mean did the utility just, guy. Didn't you just trade for Madrigal? I mean, I mean, did you or didn't you? That ain't you? my problem. Well, I understand. Uh, yes, they did trade for Nick Madrigal. All right, so what are we doing? Oh, Nick Madrigal's, uh, I don't think you let that stand in your way. I mean, you probably value Horner a little bit more than So do you move Madrigal? Madrigal? Yeah, I don't or know. Or does Madrigal you... become a utility guy? Can he play third? Probably. Or can he play second? Horner plays third. Maybe. That's interesting. Who's over there now? Wisdom? Who's playing Patrick third now? Wisdom played most of your year there but last year. he's, what, year. 45 now? What uh, is he? Like 46, I think. Is he an old man? I think so. Old man. So you're at 128, 129, let's say, with signing Correa. Young pitchers, you know, I saw the, the, all the rage, the young pitchers that came up in September and, you know, wow, August yeah. and pitched their butts off of, you know. Slow your roll. look what they did here. Slow your roll. Giolito two years ago was a world beater. Giolito now can't, can't get himself out. Giolito was a world beater for a full season, not just during a September call. Would Carlos Correa excite a fan base? Oh, I think he would, absolutely. 100%, yeah. right? I think he'd get you going a little bit. Rizzo staying in New York. Schwarber would excite me. Well... That ship has sailed, my friend. He's staying in Philadelphia. <laughs> the Boy, White Sox are going to do nothing. It's 40 plus. Of course not. They're going to do nothing. They're going to make some trades and bring some people in oh. and tell you how great they are. And you, you know what, though? Rick Hahn's smiling. That's all that matters to me. This whole, every time I think about the White Sox, the only thing I'm going to care about for the rest of my life is that Rick Hahn is finally smiling. Like that press conference. Because Rick Hahn, he couldn't smile with Tony LaRusso. And he couldn't stop smiling at that press conference. Just Does so he happy. think that's going to solve all the problems? Yes. Like Pedro Grifal is just yeah. going to... Because he's smiling again. <laughs> Great Rick Hahn. I mean, like, let's not worry about the 18 and a half schmill you're paying a catcher that can't yeah. catch. Yeah. But a catcher that can barely right. play at this point. I mean, I mean when we do our opening let's show, not worry about the third baseman that you got no idea if he's got any desire or commitment Billy, to continue with, with to get Billy better. Billy Guidi over there. When we do our opening show, yeah. at the park, Cork at the Cork at the park, we do our opening show there. Oh, I'm I'm coming with smiles. I'm going to have the yellow, and I'm going to stick them on all the cars in the neighborhood. Just big smiling faces like your Calumet City. I'm going to import the smiling tower. From Calumet City. I love that. Man. And I'm going to put it in the outfield. So every time Rick looks to the outfield, somebody will be smiling back at him. Maybe uh, last year was just an outlier year for Yasmani Grindel. Just just hear me out for a second. Maybe it was an outlier year because if you look at his career OPS+, plus, which is now at 114 for his career. Right. It was 64 last year, but I don't know that I like a 34-year-old catcher coming off the worst year of his career who can't catch, by the way. You still at least would have valued him as an offensive player. Like in 2021, he gave the White Sox, a, you know, a, a, even though he hit 240, he gave them what you would say was a great offensive year. He slugged over 500, and he, he had an OPS plus of 155. Wasn't he a framer at some point? Could yeah. Could he frame a pitcher, too? He could. He could. He could still, I guess, do that a little bit. He can't catch. There was some when, sort when, of when positivity ball, over there, yeah. Or block the, the ball. That's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah, a little bit of an issue. And, you know, now he's coming off by far the worst offensive year of his uh, of his career. I don't know. I, I have this bad feeling, or this. Um, yeah, I guess you just say this bad feeling that the White Sox are going to let this the winter pass and do nothing. 
Uh, other than what you said. Yeah, try and plug some holes, make a trade or two. Uh, get some money off and, and bring some money back. Like Michael Brantley, you know, how excited should I be if they sign Michael Brantley at 36? I don't know. Coming off of surgery. I don't know how excited I should be. How much do you have to pay? I'd probably be a very reasonable contract. Who's got to go? I mean, you're talking about. Oh, please. The corner outfield. You go. I mean, you need two corner outfielders for crying out loud. You do need that. That's the kind of guy they're going to probably be targeting. They're going to, but they're just going to go like bargain shopping. That's all they're doing. You're in a window, and like all they're going to do is the say, "Well, we're going to bar- bargain shop." The rest of the clubs are at Neiman Marcus. You're at the dollar store. That's where you're at. Yeah, they're at uh, Brooks Brothers getting tailor made suits. You're, you're, over instead of getting a bag of charcoal, you're going to get a briquette. Yeah. Uh, no, I just need two briquettes, please. That's all I need to start my fire. Good luck. Thanks for bringing me down. This hot stove is going to be not so hot, I don't think, for the White Sox, Jerko. Unless they come in and they swoop in and they surprise. Could be a surprise. You know, when people are smiling, they do silly things. It'd be a good thing for Rick Hahn, huh? A little depressed. Maybe surprise people a little bit with a little move, a little something. I'm a little, I'm a little depressed. What if he throws a blockbuster out there, gets rid of Makana, uh, not Makana, Mancada, yeah, <laughs> Mancada, and uh, Louis Robert? No, don't do that. Don't, I don't think you, you want well, Robert. All right, I mean, you can, you know me. Doesn't every, Robert have the fragile hands? Every, every, everybody's tradable, but I would, I'd rather than keep Robert. I'd rather I'd like you to keep Robert and Cease if you could. I like Vaughn too. I'm not going to go crazy. My team doesn't have three untouchable players. Don't get me wrong. Uh, they probably don't have one. But you know the closest in, in thing a, would be an, Cease, right? Wouldn't off, it, York? In, in an off season loaded with shortstops, you couldn't move Ta if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah, probably not. Because no. they picked up his option too. You're right. Probably not. Man, I'd like it if they went out and got Swanson and said you were moving T.A. over to second or something like that and continue to, you know, because I think there there are still areas where this team needs to improve. Swanson? Dansby Swanson. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. But wouldn't you, who would be the one closest thing on the south side to a player that you'd say, yeah, don't move him? Is it Cease? Or is it Robert? Is it, it's probably Cease, right? I'd say Cease. Yeah, I think so. I think Dylan Cease. Guy's going to finish second in the Cy Young voting. Yeah, He's still one. young. Dylan Cease. Otherwise, I think that's the one guy. And if you had to put a two, a silver medalist on the podium, uh, I, I, give me three guys on your podium of untouchables. Cease, Robert, Vaughn. Other than that, everybody can go. Yeah, and even them, like I wouldn't put them in the untouchable category. Again, you like, no, you I know, mean, they get a bronze medal. Bronze medal means you can move them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, the but gold, they, the gold medals, and you, you, you don't want them. Yeah, that's the one. Like I said, I would say I wouldn't. And then yeah. the other two on the podium, yeah, they're podium guys. That's really good. They're they're podiums. That's good, but that doesn't mean you can't trade that. And for me on the north side, gold, it, silver, gold, silver, and bronze. Who would it be? Anybody who's inexpensive, cheap, and has a tremendous upside still. Matt Mervis. All of them. Sylvie's guy. All of them. Who I think just changed his age. As agent. long as they cost less than a million or a million and a half, and they got an upside. All of them. I'm going to have to reacquaint myself with these Chicago Cubs, Carm. I don't know who the hell they are. I have no idea. I mean, wisdom I know. I, I don't know that you have one that you Corner like, I know. Absolutely not trading. Madrigal I know only from the south side. Hap you know. Who's the uh, Ian Hap I know? And they've got to make gone. a decision on him, right? Catcher? Well, Catcher, hasta la bye-bye. You think so? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, he declined the qualifying offer. They'll get compensated. The first I baseman? Mervin? What's the first baseman? Matt Mervis. No, I'm talking about the first baseman. Oh, uh, uh, the guy that Schwindel, Schwindel, the Schwindel. Schwindy City. Didn't the they Schwindy option City. him out? Isn't Schwindy City going? I thought he got back. 
The option of him, he went back and he got healthy and came back? I don't know. Crosstalk's coming up next with Waddle and Sylvie. How about Tarzan and Joe Wallace? <laughs> now, that's a great old school reference. And one of the great baseball nicknames of all time. Oh, absolutely. Uh, George in River Grove has the final word brought to you by <laughs> Bath Planet. Carmen and Yurko present today's final word. Because you had to be a big shot, didn't you? You had to open up your mouth. Today's final you word. On Carmen and Yuriko. It's the most critical moment of the game. It's the fourth down. You walk up to the line of scrimmage, everyone looks at each other like they just got off the boat from Mars. What, what am I doing here?